Welcome to the Bar Hacks Podcast. Engaging interviews, plus tips and strategies to navigate your bar or restaurant business towards sustainable success. Now, here's your host, hospitality industry veteran, journalist, and editor, David Klempt. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bar Hacks Podcast. We have an awesome one for you today. We have my friend Susie Drinks from Instagram. You probably know her. Hello, Susie. Hey there. How are you doing? I'm awesome. It's clear skies in Vegas. Oh, it is rainy and gross here in Dallas. <laughs> All the better reason to stand and have a drink. <laughs> it's always a good time to have a drink. That is not if wrong. <laughs> What's been going on? Oh, you know, just uh, navigating this pandemic still and enjoying dry January a little bit. I mean, not for me, but giving other people mocktail recipes. I'm still hitting the sauce. I've written about dry January and Veganuary, and I'm not really participating, but I have had some vegan stuff that I cooked, but I'm not doing the full thing. Vegan just sounds hard. You can't even have like a legitimate whiskey sour if, if you're vegan. It just sounds hard. No, you have to use uh, aquafaba. Aquafaba, yes. The uh, the bar hack heard around the world. <laughs> I, I'm sure everybody here knows what aquafaba is, but it's the juice that comes in the can of vinegar or bonzo beans, and you can use it as a an egg white substitute. And uh, I love that I've, I've seen some of my friends actually get paid by Goya to, <laughs> to, to tell people about this, and it's, it's made me very happy to see that they're buying into what they're doing um, on that level. Um, I've tried drinks with it, but I, I'm not, I'm just not a fan of the, of those kind of sours. You know, to each his own, but the, the new one that I've heard about is there's actually a foaming agent that you could put in cocktails. You know, if you're even staying away from the aquafaba, um, it actually helps the drink foam up and have that rich frothiness at the top. I've had so much vegan coverage this past week on uh, krghospitality.com because it's January, but also all the end of year reports, all the trend predictions for food. And they're all saying vegan, plant-based, vegetarian. Oh, yeah. But I guess the difference and that makes it more difficult for veganism is that it's also an ethical decision. So I've been describing all of this on the website. So my veganuary has been very busy and I'm starting to think that maybe everyone who reads and looks at the social media for KRG and for Barx thinks that we are vegan. And hey, I mean, if it's if not. it's a moral if it's a moral thing, I mean, welcome it, right? <laughs> I had no problem with it. I just was like, I've done a lot of vegan coverage, and it makes sense. It's veganuary. Well, I heard uh, I heard that Beyond Meat, I think it is um, one of the plant based meats that um, you mentioned before. They actually just hired a new employee, and she's there literally to help them be more carbon neutral. And so now, whenever your company brings Beyond Meat in, I think you can actually there's some option where they can now have a license or some sort of a certificate that says that not only is your food plant based and all this, but also it's carbon neutral. So carbon neutral food is now being certified which i think is really neat which is so also that's, big that's the next step. along with the different diets that are the new trends which i don't think you can call them a trend i think them not being mocked as much by people who just like to mock those diets i think that's mm-hmm. the actual trend but sustainability is of course going to be huge yeah moving forward it already is and transparency and ethical businesses responsible businesses i learned that the the french restaurant that got the first ever uh, michelin star for a vegan restaurant the bank that funded them or gave them some of the uh 
their funds is considered an ethical bank because they're transparent. They tell you where they're investing your money and they look for companies that are also transparent to invest. So it's really cool. I love that. We went through the whole, um, you know, no waste movement with bars. And I love to see that. And I still absolutely love to, you know, hear how some people are or some people behind the bars are, um, you know, obviously dehydrating fruit is a really good way to make sure that you're not having as much waste. But I mean, I, I've seen some people that are, you know, making oleo out of juiced this. And I mean, I just, I love those trends. I think they're wonderful. And, you know, if I see a sustainable bar program, I just, I think that's really extraordinary. And I think they deserve a lot of props for that. I love it. I like that kind of innovation. I mean, I think you, can, you would know better than I, but I think Hyde, which, you know, is my favorite deep Ellen <laughs> bar because I only got to spend a little time and yeah, they're they're crazy. about to move. And so you need to come back down and see the new place. And they also have a new concept called Royal 38 that I just vis- visited and they're doing some crazy cool stuff in there also. <laughs> they, they do some sustainable or they try to cut down their waste just from when I was talking mm-hmm. to them. So I do love seeing those kind of programs. And actually, yeah. I, I should probably have you explain to the audience why we're talking about all these bars and cocktails and stuff. Explain what Uh, what you do with your Instagram. Oh, who am I? (laughs) Oh yeah, we just kind (laughs) of jumped right in there, didn't we? So hi, I'm I'm Susie O of Susie Drinks. The website that's uh, a little bit more Dallas-based, Dallas-focused, but um, my Instagram is pretty pictures of cocktails. Well, I think they're pretty, but pictures of cocktails and um, some recipes and some classics that are, you know, reimagined a little bit. Um, everything pretty, pretty simple that everybody can do in their own home. Um, I'm not trying to make syrups or shrubs with 18 ingredients. I'm doing stuff that people can easily do at home. And I like to think they're pretty uh, attainable 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 cocktails at home for the bar noob or for uh the lazy person like like me i I can't say i'm i'm the kind of person that wants to put 18 steps into a cocktail so attainable cocktail recipes and usually there's a lot of travel that goes into my blog but obviously it's been a weird year so there's been a bit less travel um i'm hitting the road on wednesday for about a month um, all different trips here and there, but going to total about a month in the end. So y'all can follow along with my globe trotting, as as it were. So you've got over seventeen thousand followers on Instagram. Once you hit, I believe it's ten thousand on Instagram, you get access to more tools. How did you grow to seventeen thousand? I mean, that's I know it's not the easiest question in the world, but I think people want to know how do I reach more people and what are your best tips for that? Well, that's a great question. It's a hard one for sure because I am really embarrassed to say that I didn't really focus on my Instagram for a long time. And, you know, once I quit my job and then was working full time, my clients took the front seat and I just kind of, you know, my Susie drink stuff just kind of limped along. But just earlier this year, I've decided I need to really buckle down and have the look that I want. So got a new camera. And, you know, I think right now what people want is, I mean, goodness gracious, everybody's so excited about travel blogs, even though they can't go anywhere, because it's all just people filing away what they want to be doing. But I, I would say for some just general social media tips, you know, actually, excuse this, give a shit. Don't just take a picture in bad light and call it good enough. You know, people are very visual. They're going to scroll right past something if it's not attractive, or they might even unfollow you if they don't like it. So give a shit, put effort into it, make sure that your glass doesn't have fingerprints on it. Make sure there's not a water ring on the table. Like just really pay attention to the details a little bit. And you'll find that even small changes like that are going to improve what you do and shoot during the day. Don't take pictures at night. 
I'm sorry, nobody wants to see food in candlelight. It just, you can't tell it looks delicious. So take a picture in the daylight. You can see the details of food and drink so much better if stuff's well lit. God's light, natural light's always, to me, the best. I actually am, this is going to sound crazy, but I am selling my home because I want a home with better light. So my my poor realtor, I was like, I just need good light. So he he's on a mission now. But I, I truly do think that natural light's the way to go because it's, you, you can get it from every direction. It's not going to have shadows. And it's, to me, the best way to do it. Um, obviously, not everybody can shoot outside, but I just recently <laughs> bought a bar cart that I keep in my garage and roll out whenever I need or whenever I want to do a photo shoot outside now so that brings my total of bar carts up to three probably not necessary if an operator wants to up their photography game and I think a lot of us are fooled by commercials that say oh this was filmed on the iPhone and look how incredible it looks what's your what are your some of your tips for shooting with an iPhone or any cell phone really if you aren't a pro and don't have a fantastic camera well I'm gonna go with iPhone because it's what I have but do not shoot drinks in portrait mode I can't say it enough food sometimes you can make it work but the the little details yes come out but then the edges of things aren't crisp and it loses straws or it loses a garnish and people don't even pay attention to that so then you post something like I, I posted something years ago with portrait mode and I thought it was so fancy and I realized after a day and a half of it being up that a whole portion of the neck of the bottle was gone because portrait mode had just taken it out <laughs> so I as as tempting as it is to use portrait mode don't but I mean heck the new phones they can they can do so much I just got the 12 max and it's pretty wild how many great pictures I get with that but you know I'm going to reiterate trying to take stuff in good light is always a good opportunity don't don't lose your good light best best phone tip shoot during golden hour 45 degree angles 45 degree angles are always really delightful for food I like straight on for cocktails. So either straight on forward or straight from above, just because it's going to either represent the striations of a cocktail. Let's say if you're shooting like an egg white cocktail or, you know, aquafaba, if you will. (laughs) Or if you're looking to really highlight a garnish more shooting from above. I just think those pictures, those stark head on pictures are always really nice. This is also going to probably sound like this isn't a mind blowing idea, but have action in it, have some sort of feeling of movement or a human element in it. I've been shooting a lot more with hands, like even if it's just a picture of a cocktail in somebody's hand, giving it that sort of a, a warmer feel to me. I just, I feel like the pictures that have some sort of a human element involved, whether it's bartender pouring a drink or person just holding a cocktail, it just for some reason does better. And I think people like to have that human element. Yeah, I'm going through your, some of your recent photos right now. Yeah, there's definitely hands or um, the <laughs> drink with the smoke coming off the rosemary. There's some action. That's interesting. That that's one was hard, nice. man. And that's that's the perfect example of don't shoot at night. I had a friend who's supposed to be coming over to help me with something. And, you know, we got pushed back. And so by the time we got the pictures, it was dark out. And so I just was like, oh, I've got to lean into this. And can't say they're my favorite pictures, but they came out kind of cool. But, you know, that one was done. I had to turn on this light and then have somebody stand here to block this shadow and anytime you can use natural light not have to have somebody stand in a certain place and not move that's the way to do it (laughs) for the people who don't know and don't feel like googling what is golden hour 
for photography? Goldenar. Uh, it's just right before sunset. Actually, sorry, it's it's technically right at sunset, and then I think ten minutes after or before and after, and it's just when the light, as they say, just hits, just hits right, and it just has a nice amber tone to things, so it warms warms a lot of pictures up, and it's just fantastic light, and it's not direct sunlight, so you know everything just kind of has a really nice aura. Hi there, just a quick message before we get you back to this episode. If you're looking to take your bar, restaurant, or hospitality business to the next level, I mean to profits of 12 to 15% or more, it's time to take action. Let's start creating your roadmap to success with our proprietary strategies, tools, resources that will inspire your team, activate your potential, and lead your hospitality brand to margins you never thought possible. Visit krghospitality.com right after this episode for more information. Now, back to the Bar Hacks podcast. I know you went to, to Herbs and Rye because I was there, but yes. <laughs> were there any uh, <laughs> was there anything stand out to you as far as like pandemic protocols or any of the bars and restaurants that you went to? Did anything really stick with you or any pivots that you saw that you thought were interesting? Oh my goodness, yes. Especially going from state to state. And I really was just straddling the border a few times, going back and forth. And, you know, each state was really approaching things differently. Um, and this is back in July and August. So Vegas, as you know, you no know, bar stools, bars aren't open, but I think most places bars aren't open. But if there's quote unquote fifty percent of food being served, then it's fine because the virus knows if you have food in front of you or not. But Texas's um, uh number and was it something like 3,000 bars became restaurants overnight so they could combat the uh, the food rule? I would not be surprised. But I think the, the most interesting rules I saw, I mean, everybody asks you to wear a mask on the way in, but I think the most interesting rules I saw were in Colorado. They had, it was either 10 or 11 o'clock. I want to say it was a 10 o'clock curfew. So restaurants and bars, well, bars, bars could be open, but everybody had a curfew of 10 o'clock, businesses at least. So a business could not be open. I, I I could be wrong, but it's either it was either 10 or 11. And I don't know what the rules are now, but it, it was pretty wild. You know, I was just trying to find dinner and I'm just a lonely traveler trying to get dinner. And I could not for the life of me find anywhere still serving. So I finally begged somebody to do a quick to go order for me at 945. <laughs> but, I, but I have to say that was probably the most stark difference I saw was that curfew. And I, I actually think it was kind of brilliant. And, you know, I haven't looked at Colorado's numbers lately, but you know, there is something to be said for not being out until 2am doing shots and then, you know, hugging your neighbor. I love you, man. That's fair. My initial reaction was the starkest thing I saw was when Herbs and Rye did not have bar stools at the bar. Yeah. And that when you walked up to order a drink, they were like, whoa, you need to no, 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 go talk away, to your go server, away. like going from the bar. <laughs> I mean, they weren't you know, like that, the Herbs and Rye. They're yeah. not going to be that, oh, yeah. that blunt with you. But I was, that actually was when it really sunk in that things had changed uh, when I didn't see the bar stools and nobody's yeah. standing at a bar. Oh, yeah. I have to say that is, I mean, in Dallas for a while, we weren't allowed to have anybody at the bar at all. And now rules have changed a little bit that you have to have a certain distance of separation between the bar, the guests and let's say glassware or bottles, or you have to have a partition. We were the first, I believe, to statewide Nevada said this phase thing isn't going to work, uh, at least not for our state. So every county, every week, their numbers are evaluated. You go in the wrong direction, they'll start closing stuff down. You go in the right direction, 
I wouldn't mm-hmm. say more things open, but you're free to just operate within the guidelines that were established. Not going to be more restrictive. Mm-hmm. And we have been rated, I believe, as one of the best for recovery um, and stopping infections. Wow. And then because I've been reporting on it, I know Texas took, I think, also a logical approach that lets operators at least increase their traffic or have somewhat viable traffic where they're like, all right, we'll do 50% capacity if you're doing well as a bar and 75% if we're doing well mm-hmm. in your county as a restaurant. We're going to have a curfew, but you don't have to leave. You just can't serve. So I think yeah. I like the way Texas is doing it. They put a, I believe a judge is in charge of every county and they can look at the numbers. And recently there was a county where there was an infection rate and there was one city where they only have three bars. And the judge for that county said, I'm going to ask the governor to let this one slide because there is no way one of our three bars is responsible for these infections. I like to think that Nevada is approaching it logically, but I mean, there are some states that are that are absolute insanity. I think I don't like what California is doing to the industry. I mean, it's, oh, man. it's being yeah. slaughtered out there. It's Same heartbreaking. Thing with New York. Yeah. The light's at the end of the tunnel. I, I mean, I hate to sound at all optimistic, but no, you know, I, for, for the people that are going on the trip with next week are fully vaccinated. I mean, it's wild. Like, I'm jealous. I'll say that. You know, I, I think I think we have a lot to look forward to. And, you know, I, I do think that we still all need to continue to be very careful. I mean, and I told you before I, I had it and it's not fun. And I, I had a mild case and it was awful. I, I think something that also nobody's really talking about is the guilt. You know, every everybody that talks about the mental take on this, it's either how difficult it is to be alone and that is hard. But beyond that, it's not just the guilt of having it. It's the guilt of potentially giving it to people. And I think I would have, you know, I, I was very lucky. I tracked down everybody I'd been in contact with. And whenever I actually started having symptoms, I had already kind of been in for a day and a half because I just, I was tired. I didn't want to go do anything. So, you know, thank God for that. I didn't get anybody sick, but the guilt of just waiting for, you know, the, the two or three people that felt like they needed to go get tested, the guilt of waiting for them to get their results and thinking that I might have gotten somebody else sick was awful. It was just terrible. And I can't, I, I have heard no one else talk about that element of it, but a friend of mine who'd had it right before me agreed with me. He said, you know, nobody, nobody is talking about that. And I think it is a really terrible element of all of this is you have to look at how you might've affected others and it hits hard, but back to the numbers, I looked it up while we were chatting just now, and we actually are at 50% capacity. We went from 75 back down. That was recent then. Yeah, it was, it, it was very recent. Um, and that's why I wanted to confirm, but it was actually while I was out of town and somebody texted me about it and I was like, no, we didn't. <laughs> I looked it up and I was like, yes, we did. But, uh, you know, I, I think, I, I don't want to say there needs to be more enforcement, but I think there needs to be more enforcement because there are a lot of, at least here, there are a lot of people not playing by the rules. But all that said, you know, light at the end of the tunnel, we'll, we'll just keep hoping for the best and hope that some of these businesses can bounce back. Well, speaking of the bounce back and these businesses starting to see some light, you also mentioned that you recently did a uh, an Instagram takeover, and I thought it'd be interesting for operators to kind of get a better feel for what that means when an influencer or a, a media person can come in and do a takeover for them. Yeah, and of course, I mean, the, the virtual takeover is 
actually a little easier, but we have this cute little market here in Dallas. There are a couple locations here in Dallas and I think a couple in Chicago. It's called Foxtrot Market. And they asked me to do a couple recipes for a couple mocktail recipes for them. So I went and did a little intro, told everybody about it in front of the store and took over their stories for the day. So I sent them my videos and they posted them and got pictures of the mocktails. And that was just a really fun little thing I got to do. Uh, I posted the first one today. So if you guys are doing dry January, pop on over to my post. I did a couple and I only posted one today, but they had a non-alcoholic herbal elixir that's in a teeny tiny bottle, just like Underberg and use that as kind of the bitters in it. And I uh, turned it upside down on top of crushed ice. And, you know, I think it looked pretty cute. So... (laughs) The, the funniest thing was I got a bar cart that I now roll outside whenever I want to take pictures out in my courtyard. And I live in a complex with 42 units and we're all pretty close. And especially since quarantine started, we, you know, have our neighbor nights and we do movies outside and stuff. But, you know, it was like 3 to 4 p.m. and I'm sitting out there making drinks in the courtyard. Everybody that stopped by was like, oh, great, it's happy hour. <laughs> I ended up making six of my neighbor's drinks while I was out there shooting my thing. So their their neighbor approved mocktails. They do look really appealing. And I don't know what it is, but if someone sticks a miniature bottle into my cocktail, I'm like, that's awesome. I'm going to drink that now. And it makes no sense. (laughs) I took my cues on that. Like I said, from Underberg, I remember years ago, I was in Denver and there was a cocktail on the menu and it it said it had Underberg. And so I asked the bartender because I love Underberg. If you guys aren't Underberg fans, go get yourself one. Underberg, please sponsor me. It's just a great digestif, nice little thing to take at the end of the meal, help everything kind of move through. But I saw a cocktail on the menu that had Underberg and the bartender was like, yeah, we just put a little bottle upside down. To this day, I'm, I'm, I'm still looking for another one because unfortunately that night I wasn't feeling well, so I wasn't drinking. And to this day, I'm sad and I want to go back and have that cocktail. Is there the one bar or the one restaurant or the one drink that you are just absolutely missing because of the pandemic? Oh, golly. Yeah. I mean, you you already hit it on the head whenever I go to Vegas. If, if I don't go to Herbs and Rye or Cleaver, it's just, it's not a real trip to Vegas. I think that restaurant group does an absolutely amazing job. Oh man, I just, I just miss having other people's drinks, <laughs> to be quite yeah. honest kind of bored of my own but yeah I think definitely herbs and rye in Vegas is a trip maker same thing with uh whenever I go to Chicago you cannot not go to Lost Lake in Logan Square that place is bonkers I love it and then oh my gosh they have another place in Chicago called Scofflaw and it was I mean great bar they had some good food but they serve warm cookies at midnight and you know what (laughs) I was talking to I was talking to somebody about that a few days ago and all at once to do is go to Chicago and have a you know nice cocktail with a warm cookie beside it. That's all I want. So that might have to be one of the first trips when I get out of jail. My Chicago bar that I have to go to each trip is Arbea. I've not been there. I absolutely love it. It's just cool and they're just casual, but the the food is delicious. The cocktails are incredible. The aesthetic is awesome. Mm. It's upscale, but it's totally laid back. That's what I miss. But out here, I just I miss going to some of the casino bars, which is almost sacrilege yeah. to say when you when you're a craft cocktail person. But I miss seeing my friends at Electra over at you know Palazzo and and Venetian. I mean that's it's a casino bar, but it's an awesome bar, and the bar staff is incredibly talented. I mean they're supreme mm-hmm. bartenders. So it's things like that, or you know Mott Thirty Two, where Giuseppe Gonzalez, who used to be in New York City, he's over there. Like I, it's those kind of bars because I mean in Vegas if 
if you're not at some of the, the incredible local bars, then you're in the casinos because they have some of the best bartenders. So mm-hmm. I miss being able to comfortably go to a casino because they're also under COVID rules. So yeah. it's a little overwhelming and you feel strange. I, at least at least I do going into a casino because yeah. it's not like it used to be. Oh my gosh, it's not. And I'll say this, of the three times I was in Vegas this summer, <laughs> Still seems so odd to say, but I, you know, we, we, my friends and I, we, we joke that we're degenerate gamblers and, you know, we kind of are, but the Vegas is built on. Yep. (laughs) Still good people, but we like, we like a good game of craps and blackjack, but you know, I went down to the casino with my mask and I don't think I got drinks any of the times that I was there because I was still so terrified to take my mask off in public. And it was, it was very different. It felt very different. And especially the ones that have the plexiglass between the players, you know, I, I think it does take away from the wholeness of it. But you know what? You, you got to, as my mom keeps saying, you got to meet people where they are on this. And, you know, if you if you don't get to gamble and feel comfortable gambling for a while, then don't do it. Just do as much as you're comfortable doing and no more. And don't let anybody pressure you into doing any of it. I'm going back to your question about places I miss. And you actually, you know, Matt Graham, and I saw on his Instagram that he was in San Diego recently. And I was like, oh, I can't wait to go back to San Diego that I need to get another trip in polite provisions. Oh yeah. Speaking of the places that we miss and love, I think I went there three times when I San Diego last, but I still haven't been to raised by wolves, which is, you know, Eric Castro's spot. Still haven't been there and it breaks my heart, but for some odd reason, I have been just daydreaming about this place that I went called turf supper club. And you go in and you buy like your meats and then you go and you cook it yourself. And you know, you, you're sitting there with an open grill in the middle of a kind of a dive bar. And then you look at like the best martini you've had in a week. I mean, it's, it's a vibe. I can't wait to go back. It's like grill it yourself. The, yeah. You go grill it yourself and <laughs> yeah, it's pretty wild, but that was definitely for some reason this week, I guess me thinking about San Diego and wanting to go back to San Diego. I just <laughs> started thinking about good old turf supper club, but they have an amazing mezcal bar there too called my well that, Oh, so good. And they have some incredible tacos there too. Amazing mezcal selection. I just noticed you have your herbs and rye shirt on. I can see David, by the way, everyone. So we're like kind of making these funny faces to each other whenever I say something stupid. So um, now I see that you have your herbs and rye shirt. My anniversary on, so shirt. Bravo. <laughs> That's the anniversary shirt. That was an amazing uh, Christmas party because herbs had their staff Christmas party before they opened doors for the public Christmas party. So that even though we all know... Nectali doesn't drink. Some of his staff still does. And of course, the fans of uh, Herbs and Rice still do. So that was mm-hmm. an amazing party. And I somehow got a seat at the bar, like right when I walked in. And I was like, I can't move now. It's so funny that we're talking about Herbs and Rye. I had the, what is it, the Bernard Meinhof theory, but it basically says when you're aware of something, then it is more prevalent. So, oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't know if that's the situation, but I, just realized I was having a conversation with a friend last night about herbs and rye because that was one of the first times that we really sat down and had a great chat. It was at one of the USBG uh, regional conferences and we decided to go to herbs and rye, have a half price steak and I treated him to it. And he told me last night that it apparently was such a, such a moment for him. And, you know, it just goes to show you that, you know, little, little kindnesses that may not really seem like a big deal can really make a big impact. So I challenge everybody to go do something, no matter how small, just go do something nice for somebody tomorrow. 
That's awesome advice. I mean, I think especially right now, like you said, you don't want to be too optimistic, but I think we have to be. Mm -hmm. And I think we could all be a lot nicer. It's also the hospitality industry. So you're almost, your mission is that you need to be nicer. Because although Mm -hmm. I don't think it's the staffs that have been the problems lately. No. There's been a lot of hostile customers that have been the problem. Oh, golly, yes. You know, it's, you you look back at the beginning of all this and, you know, we, we talk about this now, but it seemed like the end of the world. Um, and it seemed like, and I'm not belittling what has happened at all. And I'm not questioning how much of an effect it's had on certain bars. But, you know, when we first started this, there were people buying meals for, you know, 50 people or company brands going in and doing staff meals, things like that, because we had no idea how it was going to affect us. We had no idea what it was going to do. And, you know, just looking back at some of the absolutely extraordinary things that brands and bars and people, just individuals were doing it just, it's heartwarming to see how people in the industry really came together at the beginning of all this and supported each other. It's really, it really extraordinary. We touched on Vegas, but I'm eager for your uh, your favorite bars or restaurants people can come support in Dallas. Oh, well, um, let me just say this. If anybody comes to Dallas, I am always happy to show people around my city. I am so proud of Dallas. I think we have a lot to offer. I can't say we're the most groundbreaking city, but we do have some real damn cool stuff going on here. Some people just really pushing the envelope and just, you know, some nice dive bars too. Gotta love a good dive bar. Um, dive bar. So I, I say this all the time. I have um, one bar that's actually a client, but even if they weren't a client, I'd probably be there two or three days a week anyway. But Bowen House, I think, does an extraordinary job. They reinvent their cocktail list two or three times a year. They're in a historic house that's been there since the 1890s and it's beautiful. I think they do a great job. They just uh, opened their or renovated their back room. It was literally meant to open the week the shutdown happened, but it's basically a little boutique bar in the back with just a little bit more unique stuff that there are no bottles that are the same as in the front. So just I don't want to say even higher end, but just harder to find liquors and liqueurs and spirits that they've had to track down and are a little bit more unique. I think also we have uh, Las Almas Rotas, that's a mezcal bar down here that does a really extraordinary job. They have some freaking amazing food. And when when the shutdown first happened, they actually are down by where we had the State Fair of Texas. And they did their to-go's, their to-go cocktails as a drive-through because they're next to an alley. So you drove through the alley and rang a doorbell, (laughs) placed your order, (laughs) and you didn't even have to get out of your car. It was really extraordinary. I think they did a great job on that. Golly, there's so many places here, I think just absolutely killing it. I told you Royal 38 just opens, the same owners hide. They're doing some really awesome things, I think with low and no ABV cocktails just really, really being thoughtful about what they put out there every time. And I just, I find it, I find it refreshing that they're trying to push the envelope as much as they still are. But let's see, who else do I love? It's really hard to say because I love so many places and I just haven't been able to see a lot of them. When you travel, I mean, are you seeing more low and no ABV? Oh my gosh, yes. It's it's pretty wild because now I feel like on almost every menu you see those options and you know that's that's at cocktail bars but it's especially at, you know, I hate to say it but even if you go into your your nice chain restaurants, they have the the mocktail section. So you you know whenever Olive Garden starts doing it that it must really be a thing. <laughs> I think Satal is right now, I mean, obviously there are many, many things like Malort that you're either going to love or hate, but I, I feel Malort. like Satal is the, the, oh, well, you're a special kind of man then. Uh, 
Um, I think that right now, Satal is kind of the the spirit that's up and coming. And quite honestly, I think a lot of people are going to have to learn to love because I don't think it's going anywhere. I can't say who. Yes, they do. And I can't say who, but a local distillery, I have um, recently befriended the master blender and she, I love it. She actually is working on some Satal stuff out of their distillery and I got to have a little bottle of it and I've been, you know, Satal's not one of my favorite things, but I think she did a really incredible job with it. It has a nice flavor. It's slightly aged. So has just a little bit more going on with the, with the earthiness right now. I I feel like Satal is, I feel like it's a little bit, it tastes a little bit like drinking weed, if you will, but the slight age that she put on this is absolutely delightful and it's, it's really fantastic. So Maybe 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 at some point I'm going to be allowed to announce that, and I was just given an unmarked bottle of it, so I can't I can't really give away too much. But <laughs> do you have any parting uh, words about either succeeding with social or trends you think beyond Sotol that'll or Sotol that will be uh, coming in 2021? Anything you're looking forward to? I mean, besides being able to go to a bar and restaurant like we used to, <laughs> in-person cocktails, new new thing. I think it's going to be really difficult to see what all comes out of this. You know, I, as as we all know, the industry is going to be forever changed for so many reasons. But, but I really do think that the industry is going to be permanently changed by all this. I don't know how yet. And I've talked to so many of my friends about my, you know, hospitality people here in Dallas. And, you know, nobody really knows how it's going to change. But we just know that it is going to be extraordinarily different. And just seeing how that shakes out in the next six months even. Um, It's going to be, I think, really extraordinary. Last departing social media tip, be real, you know, have have fun with your followers. Don't preach to them. (laughs) Just be real. Nobody likes to follow an encyclopedia or a dictionary. Like they're following you, following people. So keep adding that human element to things, whether it's in your copy or your pictures. Departing words of wisdom for everyone keep patronizing places as safely and as much as you can and support your people and tip as big as you can. Thank you so much for being on Susie. It was great talking to you and hopefully you'll be visiting Vegas again soon. So we can do another hike. I would absolutely love that. We need to make sure this next time though, that we take booze up there with us. Got to take a shot at the top of the mountain next time. I don't know how we missed that with the massive bar that's in the living room. I don't know how I dropped the ball on that one. Well, you did bring the Uncrustables, and that was an incredible element that I, I think I would not have been able to finish the hike without. So, you know, bravo for that. I'll bring the, I'll a bring tip the for you. next if time. If you're hiking and you think you're going to be tired at the end of it and need a boost, if you drop a couple <laughs> of frozen Uncrustables in your bag, by the time you're ready to eat them, they'll be thawed and delicious <laughs> and a nice little sugar rush. So thank you for yeah. being on, Susie. It was awesome talking to you. I had so much fun. Great to see your face, David. Great to hear your voice. Obviously, they can't see you, but I can. But yeah, thank you so much for letting me be on. And, um, you know, I, I, I hope that some of y'all will come join me on Instagram. Give me a hard time. Tell me what I'm doing wrong because, you know, you guys are the ones that keep me honest and keep me learning. So please, please do that. <laughs> At Susie Drinks, S-U-S-I-E Drinks, one <laughs> word, so they can find you. Cheers, everybody. Thanks for drinking along. Thank you for listening to the Bar Hacks podcast produced by KRG Hospitality and hosted by me, David Clem. If you like what you're hearing, please rate, review, subscribe, and share. Follow us on Twitter at Ask Bar Hacks and Instagram at Bar Hacks. Talk to you soon.